I'm sorry? I said uh, I appreciate you um, for being here on the show, okay? Um, oh, of course. Just, yes, today, is, today is, is real special. And so, you know, you had, I was, one, I was on your show a little while ago. Uh, well, it's been a year. It seems like we've lost, we've lost a little touch. And, you know, time just kind of evaporated for us because, you know, of the pandemic and stuff like that. So I, don't, I can't even remember when I was on your show. Are you um, ready for this? You were on my show, episode 65, and the day that you were on my show was the day Kobe Bryant passed. That's right. We were really grieving about that. We were both having a moment and you know I appreciate you brother and I'm going to toast it up to you because you are my 50th episode. Wow. Keep it rocking. Keep it rocking. You know it, it's just absolutely amazing and I, I appreciate all of your hard work because I understand it now that I do a podcast and so uh, it's a lot of hard work and you know to stay to last and to be there and you're like when if I clicked in it, it took me right to, and I may be wrong, but the 168th episode. So to all of my yeah. people that are out there, welcome to the show. I have my guy on here, Max Van Auken. He has his own podcast called The MVP. I was a show, I was a guest on his show. So of course I had to bring him back him on my show. And you know, it's the 50th episode. So it's a great time to have you on, you know, basketball is hot, hot, hot right now. Um, I, I, you know, I also want to toast it up to, uh, to, you know, just to, to soccer. Uh, and the episode that we watched yesterday on television with Christian, I never thought I'd ever see that again. I witnessed that firsthand against the Houston Comets 2002 playoffs. One of the referees dropped mm. like and they had to do CPR and everybody. The only difference was everybody in the, in the crowd started to say that our father at one time. It was the most incredible biblical moment that I've ever witnessed in my life. And then yesterday to watch that on TV happening to Christian. I mean, I want to, before we even elaborate on that, I want you to introduce yourself. Yes, ma'am. So thank you for having me on, uh, host of the Max Van Arkin podcast. I'm Max Van Arkin. And we were just talking about it. The last time I was talking to you was the day I, right after we got done recording episode 65 on my show, Kobe Bryant passed, the late, great Kobe Bryant and Gigi and the other um, passengers on the helicopter. And it, we were literally just talking about Kobe Bryant's impact on women's basketball, how much he supported the WNBA, and just how much of a just a wizard of the game he was, a student of the game still, even after he retired, his impact on modern day players and how much he helped people. And so to be able to record with you again after that is pretty incredible. So appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're you're young and just, just looking at you, I can tell, you know, and, um, you know, you, you stepped in the game, you're in the game, you got your foot running. I see you got the Nike on. So, you you know, you're working for them, pushing that brand as well. You know, um, so kudos to you just getting it in, branding yourself, putting your putting your face out there and everything like that. And so what sports did you play? What sports did you love as a kid? Right. So I was brought up where at four years old, I did mixed martial arts. So I was doing boxing, jujitsu, wrestling. 
my father wanted me to learn how to defend myself, but he also felt um, mixed martial arts teaches you discipline and respect and how to follow directions and orders, because if you don't, you can hurt yourself or you can hurt others. So initially my first sport and my first love was mixed martial arts and boxing. And so I did that all the way up until middle school. And then I picked up uh, a basketball and then I'm like, wow, this is so much better. It's more fun. I'm not getting hit. And I started getting really good. But then one summer I was playing in a rec league and a coach was like, force some left, force some left. And I had like 15 at halftime. And then in the rest of that half, I had only five points. I didn't know how to dribble with my left hand. I couldn't do left hand layups, couldn't shoot my left hand. So I'm like, man, there's so much to get better at. So I got addicted to basketball and fell in love with basketball ever since. I played throughout high school. Um, I had opportunities to play um, in college, not like any elite college, but I knew what I wanted to do. And so I figured it'd be best to pursue what I wanted to do as early as possible. So that was a hard decision to make, but I wanted to be around the game. And I knew if I entered broadcasting right out of high school and into early college into now, I would have a head start. And so that's what I chose to do. But initially, mixed martial arts was my favorite. And then I fell in love with basketball and that became my love. And I almost played football um, my, se- my junior and senior year, but my best friend tore his ACL playing football. And I'm like, I don't want to jeopardize any opportunity of missing basketball. So I didn't play. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um... You know, a lot of football coaches want to come over uh, to recruit basketball players. And I'm like, listen, leave my players alone um, for real. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't want them to destroy a knee. Um, and then that's it, you know, for his career at an early age. I'm, I'm just not down with it. Now, if that football player wants to come bas- play basketball, that's great. You know, it's great cardio. You know, it's just not that high impact contact sport. So, you know, um, it, it, it definitely, I, I, I know, uh, quite a few players that had career ending injuries with football. And so, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't a bad move for you to make at all, brother. I can tell you that. Now, what inspired you? I mean, you, you got, you getting ready to do your 169th episode. So like, what inspired you to, um, you know, do a podcast? Right. Um, well, I learned very early like you have to be goal driven. And my dad always used to tell me, don't ever chase money. He's like, chase what you love. And so I knew very early I'm addicted to sports. I love watching football. I could watch any sport. I could watch basketball at any level. It could be youth to middle school, to high school, to uh, professional overseas. It doesn't matter. So I'm like, I love basketball. And I always found myself, I used to get good grades. I always used to get good grades, but I would always get in trouble for talking. And so I always had the gift to talk to no matter who it was, it, any group, anybody. Um, it didn't matter who they were, um, what their background was. I just love talking to people and I love sports. So I'm like, okay, this is definitely what I want to do. And I wanted to make sure I put myself in a position where I'm able to give back and take care of every person I love because I don't, um, I had a very cool, a uh, very good upbringing, but I don't come from like a lot of wealth or I don't come from like where things were kind of made for me. And so I knew if I had an opportunity to give back and take care of everybody I love, what's the best way of doing that? And so I knew what I wanted to do. And I kind of saw the direction that everything was heading in. And I'm like, I want to be on TV one day and talk sports, but I can tell right now through podcasting, it's, it's becoming the new wave of how people consume information of all, of all information, not even just sports. So I'm like, why do I have to, my whole thing is why wait? So why would I wait until I'm given the job to have an impact when I can start it right now in my living room? And so I started it in my living room 
and it's and I enjoy it. It doesn't feel like work to me. And so it's easy to record and easy to do put in the time because I love it more than anything. Um, and so it just kind of blew up. And then and all of a sudden it was on the radio and then I was covering the Orlando Magic and I'm interviewing NBA players. So as that grew, it just became easier and easier to record because before it seemed out of reach. Now I'm able to interview Giannis and Draymond and Trey Young. And I never knew I would have that opportunity, but it all started with just having that, that goal. Absolutely. Everything starts with a goal. You write it down on a piece of paper so God can bless it, no doubt. Yes, ma'am. You just do what you have to do to give it life. And so you're definitely giving it life. And with all of those names that you've thrown out there, okay, um, you can't say Kobe. You can't say Kobe, all right? All of the names that you've thrown out there, okay? Which was your favorite episode? Like, which is that one that, you know, you're like, oh my God, this was absolutely incredible. You know, maybe, you know, mind blowing. Right. Um, one of my favorite episodes were, was with you. Um, that that one really stood out to me because I was able, you, you brought the game, you gave me a new perspective on how you break down and how you talk about the game. And like, you could just tell you speak from like such a pure, like, a pure standpoint. You just love the purity of the game. And when we talked, that's when Kobe Bryant passed afterwards. So I will never forget that recording because it was so weird. You were my yes. first WNBA. You were my first WNBA guest, and we literally just talked about Kobe Bryant, and then that happened. I will never forget that. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Rashad Phillips, who's my mentor. And whenever I interviewed him, that changed my life. And I interviewed him in a car, and I was driving. You probably, I probably shouldn't admit that I was driving to an event because I was doing play-by-play -play commentary, but I couldn't miss the interview with Rashad. And I was like, I knew how, uh, I knew how much I could learn from him and pick his brain. So I couldn't miss the opportunity. I didn't tell him I was driving and hey, you just thought it was a regular phone call interview. And so I interviewed him and that interview changed my life because then he became family. He took me under his wing. I learned from him. We covered magic games together. I went out to LA with him. And I, to this day, I bug him and pick his brain every, every time I can. So I think your interview and Rashad Phillips is the one that changed my life. Absolutely. And I appreciate that, um, getting the opportunity to talk to you and to give you something different so that you can take with you. Because that's what I used to do when I was younger. I used to take a piece of people, you know, not in an envious way, but just go, oh, I like that style. Let me work on that. It's like studying tape. You know, on the on the on the basketball court, but off the court, you have to study tape as well. And you know, you get your mentors, and you surround yourself with those people that can help you get where you want to be, and keep your mind focused when you lose focus. And so, you know, uh, that you shouting me out and shout out, I, I appreciate that a lot. You know, and you're listening to a WNBA state of mind. I got my guy Max Van Auken on here. He has his own podcast called uh, the MVP. Okay, and it's easy to reference, you know, Apple Podcasts because I'm on there. So I just boom, and you're on there, and I follow you over there, and so it's awesome. So let's talk basketball because that's what we do. What's your take on the playoffs? I mean, I know you just did the, you just did your show on the playoffs, man. I can tell you, um, I really want to talk to you about the playoffs. I want to talk to you about the intensity of the playoffs, and uh, you know, with KD and Tucker, you know, in particular, you know. Uh, just getting heated. I remember in those moments where you wouldn't act like that normally on any given day, but you know, when you're, you know, you're going for the crown, you're, you know, you're fighting for the championship and you, you know, you want to get out of the Eastern Conference, you want to get out of the Western Conference, you know, and uh, it's all blood, sweat and tears. It gets, 
it gets pretty intense. So, you know, uh, they, they keep showing it over and over in super slow motion. You could actually see Tucker like spit in his face, you know. I'm like, oh man, you know, if they were on the if they were on the blacktop, the outcome would definitely have been different. Absolutely. Um, I think what sticks out to me with this postseason, there's two things I take away. So the first one is to your point, the intensity. Um, and I think that's what we all wait for. It's like the NFL is the most watched sport, but the NBA is the most talked about. And when, when the NBA playoffs comes about, people watch it. And, like, because you know how much these games matter. You know how much these players care. You know how intense it gets. Every game matters. Every possession matters. If KD were to have gotten ejected, that changes the whole – that can change the whole outcome of a game. And they're obviously going to play more intense because every game matters. So the intensity is always a great thing to see. The second thing that sticks out to me is the players – are that didn't get nominated for certain awards are having the biggest impact. So I've said Chris Paul is my MVP this season. And mm-hmm. he wasn't the MVP top three candidate. And now he's has an opportunity to go to the Western Conference Finals. And I believe he has a great chance to go to the finals. But he's a player who doesn't have the flashy and sexy stats or plays, but he elevates everyone around him everywhere he goes. And I've compared him to Wi-Fi. And I know that sounds crazy, but I said he doesn't connect with everybody because some people don't have the same passion and drive that he does. But when he does connect with you, it's a strong signal. He's going to elevate you. He's going to connect with you. He's elevated Devin Booker. He's elevated uh, DeAndre Ayton. Wow. And Devin, and Devin Booker may be the best player on the team, but Chris Paul is the most valuable. And so we're starting to really see that. It happens every postseason. So the regular season is narrative-driven. And then when you see in the postseason, the mid-range still exists. Being tough still exists. Being a great communicator still exists. And so now you have someone like Chris Paul who wouldn't get the MVP clearly showing how valuable he is. That's what I love about the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so many different matchups, you know. Uh, what matchup do you like the best right now? Um, I would say the Bucks nets matchup. And I know it seems like it's a little lopsided right now, but I think it's so interesting because – Milwaukee can match up with them. Uh, Drew Holiday's a great defender with size. Obviously, you mentioned P.J. Tucker. You have Giannis. But I just don't think they've found their flow and what works. So it's about all about adjustments. Like, I think Giannis is more effective off the ball on the block or in the pick and roll. He makes them play honest. But whenever he dominates the ball, you're taking away from Drew Holiday. You're taking away from Middleton. And when he settles for jump shots, you're bailing the defense out. So it's like a chess match. But then when you have guys like Brooklyn who've all bought in, and I think that's what's made them so great is not just their talent, all of them have bought in and listened to the criticism. It's just so interesting to see. And then, of course, you have the best players in the world in that series as well. So I think that one would be my favorite one to watch right now. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, got, you, got, then you have Cinderella. Of course, we got you know, to touch upon Atlanta. You know, they just, you know, they annihilated New York and, I knew that they were going to be a problem for New York, but I, I, I had no clue that they were just going to annihilate them like that, you know. Um, and uh, New York is still young. They're still trying to learn how to win, but we can't keep using that as an excuse because Atlanta is young too. But, I mean, Trey is just destroying. He's destroying defense. Yeah, absolutely. Trey Young is one of my favorite NBA interviews because we're about the same age, and I got to cover him his rookie year. So in a room full of older reporters, it's like he, we kind of looked at each other like, yeah, I'm the young guy in this media business. You're the young guy in the locker room. And we kind of related. It was really cool. 
and to see his development and progression from, even though he dominated college, there was a lot of criticism. He's undersized. He's not going to be able to put these stats up in the NBA. And someone like Rashad is like, no, this is going to work. And I saw his development and his progress. And to see what he did against New, I think he's been a superstar in this league. I just think he needed the platform to showcase it. And what bigger platform than MSG and the Apple. And then for that moment where he takes a bow and now he's in the second round and he's he has a good chance to beat the number one seed. Trey Young has been the, sto- the story of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, absolutely. He's just he's just like a, you know, he's like a giant killer, a giant slayer, you know, in K-21. You know, he's doing his thing over there, just really just, and, you know, he has a high IQ, you know, and uh, in, a, in a lot of places where he can be conceded, he's very humble. And so, uh, you know, some people may not like uh, some of his responses, but I mean, you know, it's put up or shut up, and he's he's showing out. And so, I really appreciate the young fella for, you know, just giving us some entertainment and bringing back the entertainment that we need in the NBA. And so, you know, flipping flipping on to the other side, you know, and I'll talk, you know, a little more. I definitely got to flip to the WNBA. It's the 25th season today. I'm rocking the black and the silver. You know, got the silver glasses on today. Uh, actually, gray. You know, for San Antonio Silver Stars being our 25th anniversary. Today is the 50th episode, and you're listening to a WNBA state of mind. I got my guy, Max Van Auken, on here. Podcast, the MVP. Go check it out on Apple. I will also give you the opportunity to tell people about the different platforms that you're on. Um, you know, in the WNBA, you know, you know, the headliners right now, Tina Charles is just, you know, she's just absolutely tearing things up. You know, miss miss double miss double double right now. You know, Washington seems like it is a place for her. New York maybe may have been too much of a platform for her. Uh, and besides that, she didn't have people around her that could go as well as she could. So all of it fell on her. Got my girl Courtney Williams down in the ATL. I just talked to her yesterday. Listen, wow. young 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 girl, young lady, we got to step it up. What's going on down there? You know, they got hella guards down there. They got to get my girl Shakina Strickland. Uh, University of Tennessee, they got to get her rolling. You know, she's got one of the highest three-point percentages since college. You know, got to get her knee back healthy, got to knock a few pounds off her, got to get her rolling down. Uh, Connecticut, Jonquil Jones is killing it right now, killing it. She's always a problem, always a problem. Uh, And of course, you got uh, Enrique, what's called Enrique. Uh, she 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 hitting all of the buzzer beaters ever since Notre Dame. She came over, she come over to the WNBA. She's doing the same thing. And then I got my team out there, Vegas Aces, doing their thing. Of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Asia Jones and Liz Cambage. We got the Twin Towers over there making noise. I have I have two questions for you. And I know using the roles are kind of reversed, but my question for you would be. How much of the progression of the WNBA are you seeing it every single year now? How much, like, how big do you think the WNBA can get? Because I think you're starting to see the support. You're starting to see the love that it rightly deserved. Um, And I think it's finally starting to kick in. Have you seen the progression with the WNBA and how much it's grown? Oh, absolutely. I've definitely seen the progression. I mean, and you see its growth definitely through the TV and the coverage. And it's just, you know, expanding out in that way so you can see it that way of course we're always going to have the best players the best players are playing in the WNBA you know worldwide uh, the best players are there hand-picked you know 
in the draft by by the coaches and and, and, the, and the general managers of each team. So there has definitely been a lot lot a lot of growth. I definitely would like to see them expand. You know, I'm hearing that Minnesota is going to have a new home, um, and so uh, we don't know where that's at, but that's awesome. You know, I can't wait for the day to see them expand. You know, but that comes with sponsors. Sponsors, sponsors. So we need people to come in and bless it, you know. And uh, if you want a team, you got to come up with the 20 million, which isn't too hard in, in 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 today's day, you know, day and age. Absolutely, no, absolutely. I was about to say, and I think you're starting to see more and more people become familiar with the league, casual consumers who may not have viewed it or viewing it now. My second question was, I don't know if I asked you this when you were on my show, and I always meant to ask you this: Do you have a favorite moment? I love picking people's brains and uh, yes. asked about my favorite interview. What would be your favorite moment? Oh, man. In the WNBA? Yeah, oh, for my. yourself, in your career. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I gained a lot of accolades, you know, as far as my athleticism and my ability on the court. Most of my, my greatest accomplishments were off the court, you know, and getting my degrees and you know, getting my bachelor's, getting my master's, you know, getting my certification in, in data data science uh, this past year. And, you know, uh, the things that I did, uh, you know, winning the Community Assist Award two times, two years in a row in the WNBA was probably the brightest spot in my career. And I've had things where I've gone, Hall of Fame, All-Star, all of those things. But to, to actually get recognized for caring about the community and the things that you do and the WNBA cares. And, you know, uh, when you gain that award, that means that you, you know, you participated in a hundred, over 100 community events for the WNBA. And I'm talking about going to THKD, to the hardest things, going to see kids that are just, just really sick. And you're really going there for their parents, for moral support or to, to, to open it up Nike courts and you know doing different things like that this is you know or having basketball camps for for uh, for you know uh, mentally challenged or uh, or disabled kids you know and then just pouring back into the poor communities you know going back to Philadelphia and going you know all the way getting the opportunity to travel to Nova Scotia for God's sake you know so I mean I got the opportunity to do things like that and it's those stakes in the ground that I'm most proud of. That's incredible. That's incredible. I think I almost said some network issue, but yeah, that's incredible. Um, and I know you have you have such a lustrous career, and I know how much you gave back. So I'm like, I that's not, that's a question I've always meant to ask you. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely important. You know, I watched. You know, from a young age. You know, my grandmother always she never locked her door. Her door was always open. And she always helped people in the community, you know, and if they needed a place to stay or lay their head and, and different things like that, you know, I watched my mom do the same thing and just helping people, you know, with her, through her arts and crafts and teaching my, teaching my, my, my friends, because I was athletic. I didn't do the artsy, fartsy stuff. My mom loves that. My mom, I'm looking at all of these beautiful things that she made and my friends would come over and they would play with my Barbie dolls and she would teach them how to sew and she would teach them how to bake and she would teach them how to do these different things. And so, you know, giving back to the communities, you know, and you never know what person, what a person's situation may be. You know, I had kids, families, 
and friends from all walks of life. You know, I was fortunate enough to have a mom and a dad at home. I had friends who didn't. So what my mom poured into them was something that they may not have been getting at home. And so I'm watching those types of things. I had no other choice but to give back. Right. That's incredible. That, yeah, that, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it's easy when you come from that, you know, it's easy. It's just like natural, you know, it's, it's just natural. So, um, got two more questions for you. What, what, what WNBA's teams do you follow? Do you watch? Who's your favorite player? Um, yeah, I like, I'm in more in the individual play and there's a lot of talented players and I love the WNBA. I feel like they're more fundamentally sound. And so I really appreciate watching that. And I have two. One, I'm biased. And she never made it as far as she may have wanted. Um, but Ronnie Williams is from where I'm from, Daytona Beach, Florida. She played for UF, and she had an opportunity to play in the WNBA. I believe she's overseas now. And so just watching her, watching her progression and her development um, is something from probably, like I said, from a little biased because it's from our hometown. But I got to personally see the work she put in and she went to the same high school I went to and see her dominate in UF, but also Candace Parker. And I love the way Candace Parker breaks down the game and the way she's been able to evolve her career. And I love the work she's done at TNT. Um, I think she's been able to get so many new eyes on the league and just her, like how your greater impact was off the court and how many people you're able to help and give back. I feel like the way she's able to give back to the game and get so many new eyes on the sport, um, is just incredible. So I, I would say Candace Parker, um, besides the hometown bias, Ronnie, Ronnie Williams would be Candace Parker. Absolutely. And to take us out of here, before I let you talk to us about where everybody can get in touch with you, if there's somebody out there that's aspiring, you know, young, because like I said, you are, you're very young, that wants to get into what you're doing as far as podcasting is concerned, what advice would you give to that person, especially when it gets tough, because it's, you know, it's like the, sometimes you, you go around and you might be looking at different podcasts and you see that there's only 10 podcasts up there. The person just totally stopped. It's easy to just say, ah, heck with this, because it's a lot of hard work. Give some, give some of those people some advice. Um, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And so I think when it's hard is when you have to go even harder. You have to not be scared to fail and take no for an answer. I, I mean, there's countless of guests I've tried to get on my show and I don't get a response. People say no. People thought it was funny at first. Oh, you don't know what you're doing. But then when once you start to grow and you see the progression, and of course it's easy for people to gravitate and say, oh, look how well you're doing. But you have to do it because you want to do it and not because it's something someone told you to do. Because I feel like if it's something you truly love to do, whether it's hard, whether it's um, – time-consuming, whether it costs some money, uh, sacrifice, I don't think you look at it as in a loss. You look at it as in more of a motivation to do better and to even put in more time and put in more work. Because if you love something, it doesn't feel like work. It's something that you're passionate and you wouldn't even do it if you didn't get any income, if you didn't get any money. So chase something that you truly love and don't be scared to fail because failure is a part of learning. Yes, absolutely. And you're getting advice from Max Van Auken, you know, just young, aspiring. I, I don't even know what title to put on you, brother. You're doing your thing. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I, 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 I really do. It exudes 
from you your happiness and that you like you're in a happy place and you know I, I I'm happy for you uh, I, I aspire to be you and get to 100 and my 169th episode it's my 50th episode so you know I I, I I hope to be there just like you now how can people follow you on social media Facebook Insta Twitter LinkedIn YouTube and the podcast platforms you the opportunity to let people know how they can get at you. Yes, ma'am. First of all, you will get to that. You'll, you'll be even greater. And so maybe on 169, I'll be on your 169th episode. I'll reserve a spot now. Um, Absolutely. You, you can find me on, my name is my brand. So on Instagram, it's Max Van Auken. It's a little bit of a unique last name. So it's V-A-N space A-U-K-E-N. Um, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. My podcast is all my name. And it worked out, MVP is the initial. So Max Van Auken, podcast uh, MVP. So Max Van Auken is where you can find me anywhere. It's available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, wherever you listen to any form of podcast. If you want to actually watch the interviews, um, like through my Skype, some how I do. Uh, sometimes I don't even do an interview that will be on YouTube. It may just be me looking into the camera, breaking down something that I realize or a theory. Either way, it's on YouTube. My name, Max Manoffin. That's what's good. That's what's good. And you've been listening to a WNBA state of mind. I'm finishing it up with my guy, Max Van Auken. He's got his podcast, MVP, you know, on most listening platforms. So, you know, uh, just a fantastic, just a fantastic interview you are. And also, you know, fantastic podcaster, you know, to sit and listen to you and how you engage and, you know, how you engage your audience and also how you engage the people that you're, you're with. It's kind of like home cooking. You're just sitting around and, and you know, after dinner, you go out on the porch with a, with, a, with a glass of lemonade. You know, it's that type of atmosphere with your show, you know, and uh, where you could just sit back and, and relax and, you know, if you're going across country, you know, and, you know, you go on iHeartRadio, I don't know if you're over there, wherever, you know, you just put it in your car and then keep it moving, you know, so I, I appreciate really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm always about um, uplifting people because as I do that, God does the same for me. Uh, shout out to all of the fans out there in soccer world. Uh, I appreciate that uh, Kristen is, is better. And he's, 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 you know, in a state of recovery. God gave us the opportunity to see on the stage how he comes down and he conquers death. We watched that yesterday for anybody that, that has spiritual eyes to see and the ears to hear. Uh, bottom line, that's the way that it was. And that's how I took it yesterday. That was crazy because we could have, it could have been the other way around and people be devastated. And even people that were, uh, that are not soccer fans, you know, would have been, I, I was like, wow, this is crazy, but, you know, uh, it's fantastic. So I appreciate you being on the show, brother. Um, I, I'm going to email you. I'm going to email you. You on Insta a lot? I'm on Instagram all the time, all the time. Yeah, we're going to be alive, man. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you for one, having me on. You have a fantastic show. You're very kind and, uh, um, just very thankful I'm, I have the connection with you and you allow me to come on your show. So whenever you want, um, I, I don't know if you have my number or not, but I can always email you my number, my Instagram, and we can go live whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to Don because, you know, he's always the matchmaker behind it. And uh, I'm sure he's watching the show and he'll probably be on it and text me. But definitely, uh, I, I definitely want you to email your number so we can get something going on, you know. 
got a nice little vibe and you know definitely could bring it over to insta insta live we do a little something you know uh for these playoffs and also for uh for you know the wnba in the season the 25th anniversary you know i'll keep shouting it out and keep that out there for the people yes ma'am will do thank you so much for having me all right thank you brother i'll talk to you soon talk soon all right go get some lunch <laughs> good <laughs>